Welcome to the Crypto for Couples podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Nicole. And together, we're a crypto couple. We're passionate about helping other crypto couples on their journeys because we know how hard it can be. Here's hoping this podcast makes your journey a little bit smoother. In this episode of Crypto for Couples, we wanted to discuss an interesting article we came across on NPR called, If You Want to Get Closer to Your Partner, Start Talking About Money by Amanda Clayman. This was a very interesting article because Amanda is a financial therapist who has been helping couples with their finances for over 17 years. In the article, she covers five areas that really display financial intimacy for couples. Those five areas she identified were having equality, inclusivity, transparency, sustainability, and flexibility in your finances as a couple. Because we found this article helpful, we're going to put the link in the show notes. And in the spirit of transparency in talking about money as a couple, we're going to just discuss a few topics that were relevant to us in our relationship. So, Nicole, on a scale of 0 to 10, with 10 being extremely comfortable, how comfortable are you discussing our finances with me? I think that's a really complex question. I think it depends on what kind of finances we're discussing. For example, if we're discussing how many lattes I buy at Starbucks, I might say my comfortability is more like a one or a two because I like my lattes and I know that you would rather me not buy so many lattes. But then other things like the mortgage or um, our tithing, for example, I feel very comfortable talking about. And I think especially when it comes to topics like health and self-care you've been very understanding about and I feel very comfortable talking to you about those types of finances. I think some topics are a little touchy because we have some different values on certain types of expenses. Really good points. It definitely depends and even though it was a simplistic question of 0 to 10, I think it does vary depending on the topics. So For you, babe, how have our financial struggles brought us closer and helped us develop greater intimacy, you think? That's a good question. And I'm going to need some time to think about that. (laughs) No, just kidding. Um, Well, I think they've certainly, in a way, forced us to get closer because, you know, some of the stress that's come up and, you know, for example, the... Uh, this May and June when it became clear that we were going to lose some money with um, UST and Celsius. I, I think it, it brought us closer partly because you know we were honest about how we felt. You were, you were saying how you felt angry and um, afraid you know about the implications of losing that money and I was honest about how I felt you know embarrassed and you know sad and sort of um, disappointed in myself that I didn't catch the warning signs that others were talking about in terms of the lack of security or uh, safety in in these investments. I was just sort of swayed by the 
high uh, interest yields that they were boasting. So anyway, I think the honesty that we were able to have during those times um, just kind of made it so that we, we saw the human side of each other and we were able to have compassion on each other uh, during that time, which I thought was, was really fortunate. I mean, I could have seen it go either way. You know, we could have been really resentful and chosen to be distant, but I think we made decisions to be honest, and that, I think, really made all the difference. Yeah, I think that goes back to one of the points that Amanda Clayman pointed out in her article about transparency. I think because we are pretty transparent about our finances with each other, especially when it comes to the different um, costs that we have throughout the month and the different expenses, I mean. I think it's, um, I think that level of transparency creates a a level of comfortability um, because it's hard to talk about finances with pretty much anyone and it's awkward, it's uncomfortable, but when you practice talking about things that are uncomfortable, you build trust and confidence. So I feel like the more that we're transparent with each other, especially about how we feel about our finances, the more safe and secure I feel with you in general in other areas because finances is hard to talk about. And if we can talk about that, then we can talk about anything. That's a good point. I totally agree. Finances are definitely one of the more taboo topics in our culture or just in general, I think, as people. Okay, so another question for you. What was your thought when you found out that I had over $75,000 of student loan debt? I honestly thought, oh, great. (laughs) Because I really worked hard to not have much student loan debt in college. But obviously, you went to a lot more college than I uh, ever did. So I think it's... um, I think it was hard to stomach a little bit, but at the same time, I'm more comfortable with it, I think, than you are. (laughs) So I was willing to kind of just stick it out and be like, okay, we'll just take it away at it and pay it off a little by little. And you're much more valuable to me than your debt. That's good to know. I had a feeling I was. Um, Yeah, I think, well, it's honestly been little too comfortable having this uh, student loan uh, payments freeze in the last two and a half years maybe three years with COVID but yeah it's certainly still waiting for us <laughs> and I'm grateful that you're willing to look past it or you know help me share the load or, or the burden of uh, paying that back yeah I mean we're in this together right that's what marriage is all about agree more so babe i want to ask you another question what's the difference between financial sustainability and relational sustainability or are they interconnected i think they're totally interconnected because it's, it's really impossible to compartmentalize finances from the relationship long term i think eventually they're going to have to be intertwined and at least for a relationship that's you know 
intending to be long term and you know for life ideally uh, of course finances will bring a lot of stress in the relationship for any any two people unless you know they inherited millions of dollars each and somehow didn't squander it <laughs> but that's a very rare situation and even that could create a lot of tension but but I think yeah sustainability in relationship and finances has to start with just a common agreement or desire to to be together and to value each other above the money because it's easy to you know put money before the relationship but then that tends to create arguments and problems that are, are hard to come back from uh, at least in our experience yeah I think you know going back to the article where you know she talks about intimacy and I think when it comes to how um, sustainable the relationship is and financially your sustainability is, it really depends on the intimacy you have. And I think we've agreed, I mean, our personal decision was to combine our finances and we share our accounts. And I know that's not something that everyone agrees with, but I feel like for us that creates another level of intimacy that um, forces us to be even closer because if I had all my own accounts and you had all your own accounts and there was not that transparency between us, there would be a barrier for, for a deeper level of intimacy, I think. So I think because we've chosen to have more intimacy in our finances, our relationship is more stable. But it's also rocky because vulnerability is how you get to intimacy and vulnerability is hard. Right, especially after having, you know, seeing the other person react in a way that's not uh, ideal or Like me yelling at you? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's a possibility. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. That's not cool. Well, that's fair. I mean, I don't think that's a common issue, but yeah, I remember even uh, the first time we, like the first week we combined our our finances and got a joint bank account together I had spent like a hundred dollars on something and didn't tell you about it beforehand and you were pretty upset and I was like oh man this is <laughs> this is a start of marital bliss like, like <laughs> I'm I'm in trouble like if, if this is gonna rock the boat that much but I think we've learned to sort of establish guidelines and sort of boundaries about how much you know what threshold we, we can purchase something without telling the other person it's pretty low I think $50 is our number that we can spend under without ask, uh, asking each other first but it, it's yeah. been a lot of trial and error but I think it's been nice to sort of you know to bring up another point of the article have that inclusivity that you know we kind of involve each other in our decisions and thought process before a purchase and having an equal say in, in what our money goes to I think that's been really helpful for us the last couple of years I agree I agree all right last question for you Nicole do you have any cons did you have any concerns when we decided to combine our finances while we were engaged 
I was honestly excited because you made a lot more money than I did and we uh, had our joint account and all of a sudden there was a little bit more money than I was used to in the account to be quite honest. Yeah, I think we were both excited. I mean, we we didn't have a lot of money saved up individually, so to combine those numbers was really nice to, to see a doubling automatically. <laughs> All right, babe, I have one more question for you. What is your biggest aha moment since we started navigating our investment strategy together? That's a great question. I think... I think the biggest aha moment sort of happened slowly, if that makes sense. It's not, it wasn't really like one moment. It was sort of a, kind of a realization like after we had been talking about the, you know, the money that, the amount that we agreed to for me to invest in crypto on a monthly basis. Once we found that sweet spot of, an amount that you felt good about and I felt good about and I didn't feel like I needed to beg for more and you didn't feel like you needed to persuade me that it needed to be less it, it was sort of like this magical moment of like wow we we actually found an agree uh, a point we agree on and this is like feels good you know and I think part of it was you know had to do with me learning to be grateful and sort of content with whatever number it was and I'm not sure how, what yeah, I won't want to speak for you as far as what allowed you to feel good about it. But that that moment of kind of realizing, oh, we're we're okay with you know each other right now in this area, it was it was pretty sweet. Yeah, I think for me, I had to come to I don't know, just a compromise. I think like this is something you enjoy investing in crypto, so. I needed to kind of let go of some of the control I wanted to have over the finances. I mean, I still don't always feel good about investing in crypto. To be honest, I, I think there's other things we could invest in. But this is something you enjoy and I need to be okay with you having something that's manageable that you enjoy even if it's something I don't understand or always like myself All right and I appreciate that greatly thank you <laughs> all right babe this has been a great talk I love I love and I don't love talking about finances with you but I feel grateful that we're at this point in our journey where we can talk about these things so what are some of the big takeaways from the article and even just from our conversation right now that, I don't know, came to mind today? Yeah, one, one big takeaway for me was that owning equal responsibility in our shared finances prevents resentment because when we have equal responsibility, then it's not like I can say you're the biggest reason for our situation not being ideal it's like no we have an equal you know responsibility and and share in, in what our financial outlook is so I think that was a really good one yeah for me one of the points in the article was that 
it was a similar point about financial sustainability relating to relational sustainability. That if we don't have agreement in our finances, eventually it's going to disrupt our relationship. And so we really need to be on the same page. Even if we think that, you know, some things are negligible, it they can build up over time. Like you said, the, the resentment factor. So I think that's really important to understand that the two are really interconnected. Right. And I think also, too, it's that flexibility that the article talked about. Like, I have to be compromising and understanding that we value different things. And that's going to affect how we want to spend our finances. So... I have to respect the things that you value and I also need you to respect the things I value so that way we can live in harmony together, you know? Like, I like to get pedicures every once in a while and I like to do pottery and I like to travel and those things are um, not negotiable to me. And I think you do a great job at valuing those things, even though I'm not valuing those things, but compromising and being flexible with me. Because even though they're not things you necessarily would enjoy or spend money on generally, you know they're important to me, and so you're supportive. And so I think the more flexibility we have in compromising with each other and finding common ground, um, you know, the better off we are you know, in our, you know, financial intimacy. Right. And I think it's important to note that flexibility doesn't mean being a doormat and letting the other person's, you know, walk all over you. It's more about knowing that, you know, both both of us are going to have to bend a little bit to create a balance that is financially acceptable for all of us. And, you know, yeah, that, that touches on the flexibility and inclusivity where, you know, it's important to, even if you don't value what the other person values, acknowledge that it's worth spending money on to, to help them be happy. And, you know, it, as long as there's a two-way street about prioritizing each other's uh, non-negotiables, that I think is, is always going to be a key to you know, creating that intimacy that the article talks about. Yeah, I think that's really great. Yeah. I, I know for me that I really think that because we've had these conversations, we're becoming closer and closer, and I feel more and more confident um, and secure in my relationship with you the more we have these tough conversations. But yeah, so that's our episode for today. Thanks for joining us talking about financial intimacy and investing. Here's hoping this podcast helps you and your partner have more open conversations about finances. See you next time. See you then.